0: Welcome to the Fantasy Football BS on the BS Podcast Network with your hosts, Bryduck and the Snowman. This podcast is for all fantasy football players from the newbies and the beginners to the most experienced players. This podcast is sponsored by Air Care Heating and Cooling, your number one heating and cooling professional provider serving San Jose, California and surrounding areas. In this episode, we'll be discussing 2020 sleepers that you can get late in your draft to help you dominate your league. We'll also be discussing how to handle positional runs in the draft, as well as how to stream players throughout the season. So sit back and listen up to this great content that will help you dominate your league so you're the one holding the fantasy football trophy at the end of the season. It's Bride Duck and Snowman, they come from San Ho man. they drop a little knowledge about the fantasy program, it's fantasy football, division rivals player, Snowman's a Bronco while Bride Duck's a Raider, yep. but that just makes for better bullshitting, <laughs> two of the smartest football minds, so listen, a Raider in Fort Worth, the Bronco in the Bay, a mission to the top of the standings to stay. What's up everyone, welcome back, welcome back to Fantasy Football BS, I'm the Snowman with my co-host, my Texas native and... Las Vegas Raider rival over here, Bride Duck. Uh, just cracked open my beer for the episode, everyone. I'm still, still sick of that bullshit that the, the foos was spitting on the tight ends episode. <laughs> so I'm drinking a 6.5% over here that actually my boy Bryduck actually sent to me from a local beer out in, out in Keller, Texas. Uh, Shannon Brewing Company. I'm drinking their more IPA. It, it's what do you think it's not it's not bad man i'm i'm it's actually good, huh? i'm impressed I, I was like you know what i'm used to these west coast ipas like this shit's gonna be garbage it's, it's actually good i'm enjoying yeah. it
1: it's really good man and they're they a small brewery out here i've been there a few times and it's a it's a cool spot um and they they pump out some really good beers there
0: yeah no i'm i'm definitely impressed and definitely when i come visit and us do a live episode together I, i'm definitely want to stop by and, and say what's up and thank them for an, get me drunk off these beers during
1: our episode. Yeah. Hopefully this damn COVID doesn't, uh, fuck up the, the brewing tour. Like it is gonna most of our life right now. Right. So yeah, hopefully we're, uh, we'll be able to go and enjoy ourselves. When is that October? So we got, we got a couple months.
0: Yeah, we got it. We got a little bit. We got a little yeah. bit. Yeah. We're, we finally got through all of our positional episodes, our rankings. You guys saw us throw those out. Thank you guys for definitely with the feedback the arguments we, we love everyone kind of arguing trying to tell us that uh what they think and who we're missing especially those Niner fans but uh it's always it's always good feedback now now we're jumping into to some sleepers and then we're we're going to be hitting up a mock draft and and getting into the actual season so a uh, nice little segue for you Brian tell them what we're going to be doing
1: this episode yeah, so we're going to be discussing our sleepers. So each position, we're going to be covering our top three individual sleepers. So I'll go over my three for quarterbacks. Snow will go over his three for quarterback, and then so on and so forth for each position. Um, also, we're going to be going over how to handle some positional runs. Um, so what that is is when you start seeing, you know, say maybe say second, third round, you start seeing a run on wide receivers, you know, round after round. So how do you handle that? Um, and then streaming positions. So what is streaming positions week to week, and how do you do it? Um, should you do it, and is that a, a good strategy for your team? We'll be we'll be discussing that. Um, on social media, you can find us at Fantasy Football BS on Instagram and on YouTube, and on Twitter, you can find us at fantasy fbbs and on any uh anywhere where you listen to your podcasts you can find us at fantasy football bs Um, so please make sure to go on there give us a like subscribe share with your friends um do us a huge favor too if you're listening to this podcast send this to all your buddies in your league. Absolutely. Um, I mean, I don't, you know, we do this for free. This is all, you know, stuff that we're just doing for, for the love of the game, for the love of fantasy football. Um, So, you know, the more exposure we can get, the better. And, and, you know, we appreciate it if you guys can send that to all your, all your friends in your leagues.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Good, good point there. And yeah, no, we've been looking forward to this episode. We've been talking about it for a couple of weeks. So we've definitely been looking forward to, to discussing some sleepers, but but before we get in, into that, uh, let's let's get us a, a nice shout out to our sound engineer. Walking through San Jose on a sunny day. Nothing you can say is going to steer me away. Hear me when I say that I'm loving every
1: second. Work hard, play hard, learn
0: to keep them All right, jumping in again. Exciting episode that we got here and how we or we're going to structure this like uh, Bryduck had actually said we're going to be discussing we're going to go three per position and actually discussing Bryduck will say his three for each for quarterback then I'll go kind of discuss it that way break them down individually that way as well but that way again these are positions that you're probably going to see l- lower on the positional rankings and then people have but Bryduck, before we, we jump into it, can you actually just give us the actual definition of what a sleeper is?
1: Yeah, so a sleeper is somebody who is going to go late in the draft that is going to provide a huge upside, tremendous value to your squad. So for instance, just to to give an example, um, Aaron Rodgers in some mock drafts, I'm seeing going as late as the 13th round. So if you don't want to draft a quarterback early in the draft and focus on other needs, you can find a sleeper in someone like an Aaron Rodgers in the 13th round, which yeah. is amazing when you think about it, you know, two, three years ago, there were some people who were taking Aaron Rodgers in in you know, the top three rounds. Yeah. So absolutely. he still yeah. is going to provide you a, a tremendous upside, huge value. And if you want to wait on a, on a player, you know, you wait on someone like Aaron Rodgers for the 13th round. So that's what a sleeper is. That's what we're going to be discussing today um, for, for each position.
0: Some of those QB sleepers last year, uh, were Lamar Jackson uh a, a Josh Allen those were were two people that were drafted super late in the draft and ended up outperforming and finishing top 10.
1: Yeah, and Lamar Jackson I mean by far was the the biggest sleeper last year. Absolutely. Um, you know, he just he, he killed it last year. So, he had a great season.
0: Yeah, and so uh just kind of just looking at it uh obviously co- quarterbacks and all sleepers late late in the draft but some of these guys you might actually it might benefit you to to be able to have your two qb leagues some of these guys you might actually be able to get in your two qb leagues uh, maybe even a bench or a watch list for for a bye week but uh, yeah and
1: the, and, the, and another huge benefit to sleepers is um trade bait. Yeah. So you might draft a quarterback late who ends up being a sleeper, but you might have drafted a quarterback early and you don't need both guys and he has huge value now. So now yeah. you've got trade bait that you got for nothing because you drafted him super late in, in the draft. Um, yeah. so, so that's another great strategy. Um, you know, I, I play with some guys who draft multiple quarterbacks just for the simple fact that they know that the league is going to be thin and people are going to come to them because they got not, you know, three quarterbacks on their squad or four quarterbacks on their squad. You yeah, know, it's, that that's a strategy some people take. So,
0: my wife had Russell Wilson and Lamar Jackson last year.
1: Yeah, that's just, I mean, stupid, stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine <laughs> if that was a? Can you imagine if that was a two quarterback league and she was able to start both of them each week?
0: Oh yeah, uh, retarded. Yeah. Retarded. She would, have,
1: she would have definitely killed everybody.
0: Everyone. So why don't, why don't you start us off, uh, Bright
1: up with with your three QB sleepers here. Yeah. So we'll go ahead and start off with my, my top three. So number one sleeper and, and again, you know, just to kind of go over this, we, we will also go over kind of where their annual draft positions are, you know, kind of where they're being ranked and and why this is is a sleeper for us and why they provide value at that pick. So my number one is going to be Phillip Rivers. Um, I think Phillip Rivers is going to have a huge season. Um, I have a feeling with that O-line and not having to be pressured in – two seconds every time he snaps the ball is going to just provide that much more um, composure to him in the, in the pocket. Uh, They've got great, Great uh, talent on the outside. So they've got T.Y. Hilton. Uh, they've got Pittman, the rookie. Um, they've got Mack. They've got the, the rookie running back and Jonathan Taylor. Um, so he's got some weapons. You know, they kind of have a, a a committee at tight end there with, with Jack Doyle and company. Um, so we'll see what they're able to do there, you know, for, for the Colts. But they have the, the sixth hardest, uh, 16th hardest uh, rank schedule. So they're kind of okay. mid pack. Yeah. Um, you know, and and of course rosters change, so those you know, I, I, I kind of balk at some of those rankings on who has the hardest schedule because no no team is the same as they were last year. Exactly. Uh, rosters change, things change, so sometimes you kind of got to look at that with a grain of salt. But you know, it speaks to something, and, and you know they'll be mid pack, so they kind of have an easier schedule or, or mid pack schedule. Um, and I think with with how much he was able to uh, put up last year with an abysmal team in the Chargers. He still threw for 4,600 yards. Crazy. I mean, crazy. So if he can get his interception numbers down, get his touchdowns up a little bit, he had 23 touchdowns last year, 20 interceptions. Um, if he can get those numbers, you know, in, in the right directions, um, I think he'll he'll provide huge value. And then number two, I've got Josh Allen, Um Oh, wait, so to to go back for for Philip Rivers, um, sorry about that. He has an annual draft position of 165. So he is QB 25 right now. So you get a guy who's throwing 4,600 yards in... Annual draft position or average draft position at sixteenth round. Um, yeah. So that's that's pretty crazy. I mean that's damn near the the end of your draft. You could pick up a Philip Rivers who could end up being a sleeper for you. Um, moving on, uh, Josh Allen uh, average draft position is QB seven right now. He's um, going typically in about the ninth to tenth rounds. Um, so great value there. Uh, they've got Diggs. They brought Diggs over. He's a burner. Uh, they got Josh. Brown. They've got Singletary coming into his second season, so you know they've got good weapons out there. We know Josh Allen can throw the ball; he's a gunslinger. Um, he dual threat, for, dual, dual threat as well. Absolutely a dual threat running back. I mean, the amount of rushing touchdowns he's had in his, his short career so far is pretty impressive when you look at those yeah. numbers. Um, so, you know, somebody going in the ninth round with that huge of an upside, um, obviously is going to be a sleeper. So make sure that you're, you're keeping an eye out for Josh Allen, you know, as early as the eighth round, as late as the 10th round.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: So that's kind of your, your cushion there, depending on where people value Josh Allen. Um, and then my last, uh, quarterback sleeper is going to be Tom Brady. I know that's kind of a funny one for some people They (laughs) They might look at it and be like, Tom Brady's a sleeper. (laughs) Um, but his average draft position right now is the 10th to 11th round. And with Godwin and Evans and the running backs that they have on that squad, I mean, the talent that they have, he's going to put up some, some ridiculous numbers this year. Um, I I have no doubt in my mind that they are going to be pushing the ball downfield. Um, when you look at what, uh, Jameis Winston was able to accomplish there last year with over 5,000 yards passing, um, you know, I think Tom Brady can can reach that that height. Uh, he threw for four thousand fifty seven yards last year. He had twenty four touchdowns, eight interceptions, uh, and and his average draft position is QB eleven. So, uh, great great value in a Tom Brady in the tenth or eleventh round.
0: Yeah, these these wide receivers that he has this year with Tampa Bay could be the the best set of wide receivers he's had in his career.
1: Oh. A- for sure. Absolutely. I mean, at any given point in time, having two guys with that kind of talent, um, he's never had that before. You know, he's had one wide receiver that is, is talented, like a Randy Moss, you know, but he's never had two elite wide receivers like this. Exactly. Exactly. And that's then you a, that's throw in good... Gronk, I mean, come on.
0: Yeah. Gronk, OJ Howard. Yeah. They got a lot of a, a lot of talent up there and a lot of depth. They could run that two tight end system that... But... Teams are starting to like to run as well, and and be able to try to match up with against a Gronk or an O.J. Howard. Uh, so they got a lot of nice things. That's a that's a good list you got there for your for your sleepers. Uh, I I went a little a little different. I got one uh, the same as you, but uh, my my number one sleeper is is just Big Ben. Now Big Big Ben being only played two games last year, but before that, I mean he's he's a top. Top five, top ten, three top ten finishes since 2012. He's had all all seasons that he's played a full season. He's finished in the in the top ten. So he's definitely. He I think he still has it. He he can definitely gunsling as well. 2018, he threw for 5,100 yards, yeah, 34 crazy. touchdowns. It's it's insane. I love Big Ben. I love Big I, Ben.
1: I've said it in episodes past. He's he, him and, and Matt Ryan are a couple guys that I typically go after just because of how many completion attempts they have every year and how many yards they throw for. Yeah.
0: Tons yeah. Of and production. He's listed right now as QB 15, and uh, on the average draft position, it's 129. So again that's late sec or late 12th round as well as uh, could be possibly early 13th round. So if you th- if you think about it to be able to get a former QB1 in fantasy for for years and and been able to to average 451 passing attempts a season that's nice volume that a lot of players and a lot of people should should kind of give respect to and just because he was injured last year doesn't mean that he can't bounce back he's bounced back before so uh if if you're able to get a big Ben in in the 12th or 13th round and be able to stack your your team up before that i i, I might take a shot uh with that and my my second uh qb sleeper you already spoke about him is is Philip Rivers and again for those people that that say you know what we talk about raiders and broncos blah 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 all that bullshit we're throwing a a former los angeles chargers quarterback on our sleeper list and and giving him a lot of respect uh, and I've hated that dude for, for years.
1: But Yeah, he throws like a Nancy, but he, I swear he is super effective.
0: <laughs> he's, he's got the ugliest faces that have been on camera. <laughs> the worst. <laughs> but but doggone mean,
1: it, he's a nice
0: guy. Him and his nine t- children. Uh, <laughs> the set of weapons he got, I mean, Matt, Taylor, uh, Doyle, T.Y., Paris Campbell, which a lot of people are starting to throw on a on a sleeper list for wide receivers, with Paris Campbell, if if he can do well as well as well as Michael Pittman, I mean, the talent that Rivers has now is is some of the best he's had in 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 his career as well. So he's definitely got the cash. He's got a be, the best offensive line he's played with, and. As long as I can't I, I can remember. The offensive line over at Indy has got shit locked down. So Yeah.
1: And, and, and not to not to, you know, lie to anyone, I'm rooting for Phillip Rivers because I mean, how much would that be just a, a knife to the gut for the Chargers? They got rid of Breeze, he goes off, wins the Super Bowl, they get rid of Rivers. Oh, I hope he just has <laughs> a fucking year, man. Right? I hope he goes off. Just so all the Chargers fans are like, not again.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely now um it
0: it, it's perfect it's perfect and my my third my third QB uh is is Teddy Bridgewater now this is a is a deep deep one I mean he's average draft position is is QB 26 178 so I mean that's that's the end of the
1: that's almost undrafted that's almost undrafted that's right almost there. undrafted i mean 16 17 rounds might be the tipping point to how long your draft goes
0: exactly exactly and i mean that's again that's a deep deep sleeper again a lot of people may just have him on a watch list because he hasn't played a full season in a while but i mean if you take the average of Bridgewater's stats uh in the in the five games over a, if you took that upon a 16 game sample, I mean they're huge I pop in numbers. I huge mean huge averages. Huge. He would have he would have finished with forty four hundred yards, twenty nine touchdowns and just six interceptions. Yeah. So huge numbers if that was a sixteen game sample if he was able to keep up that average that he was doing. Now obviously uh the numbers Bridgewater, now he's not as mobile as people would like, and obviously with the injuries, he's not going to be that super dual threat quarterback that has had with with Newton. But with guys like Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Curtis Samuel on the offensive side of the ball, his, his fantasy value should... Have gone up more than what people are listening to him here. I believe,
1: and, and yeah, and I'm, I'm a, not gonna lie. I didn't even think about Teddy B to be honest with you when it came to the sleepers. Yeah, I totally overlooked him myself.
0: Yeah, he's a very overlooked, and I mean, he's coming from a Sean Payton tutelage of the guy's a. Quarterback guru over there in, in New Orleans, so
1: yeah, and they got uh, some weapons. I mean, you named them all, but I mean, you add all that with Teddy B. All he ha- all he really has to do out there is go out there and be a game manager and you know shine shine a little bit here and there. Um, but he's got a ton of talent around him uh, around him this season.
0: Yeah, no, abs- absolutely. I like that pick. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, I it's and he's got the best. The best uh, running back in fantasy last year, and uh, probably going to be the number one pick this year in, in everyone's team. So, uh, a little segue into into our running back sleepers here. Uh, Bryduck, who do you have as your three running back sleepers?
1: Yeah, so my first one's going to be uh, Raheem Mostert. So for all the people who think that I hate the Niners because I do, um, you know I still pay them respect when respect is due, and they've got some talent on that team that you know I would love to have on my fantasy roster, and this is one of them. Um, you know initially we we ran our running backs episode, and you know I had him ranked as a uh, as an honorable mention at the time because he was requesting a trade. Um, they've been able to work things out, and you know now I'm I'm kind of moving him back up my list. He still does have to battle out Tevin Coleman so there is still kind of that split carry you know probability that's going to be going on out there in, in San Francisco but and McKinnon um, yeah and McKinnon so I mean I still think that it's going to be a good season for Moster. in my opinion that's their best running back on their squad Um, it, I think that they lost the Super Bowl because they stopped handing it off to him um, yeah so I think he's he's gonna have a, a stellar season. I think he's gonna provide huge value to a lot of people. You can see him going uh, average draft position probably starting around the fifth, sixth round. So if you do go say wide receiver in, the, in, in those first three rounds, you can wait on a running backs and still get somebody like a Mostert starting in the fifth, sixth round. So depending on the strategy you wanna take, obviously we you know harp on going running back heavy initially early um, if you are somebody that values wide receivers more than you value running backs and you want to wait on running backs uh, mostert's a guy that you can start seeing coming off most boards fifth fifth sixth round. Um, next sleeper I'm going to have up is going to be, uh, strictly for, um, not only sleeper value, but handcuff value as well. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, uh, whose average draft positions go in sixth, seventh round, he's ranked RB 22. Um, you know, this is a guy that is going to have huge huge value if somebody like a Marlon Mack can't stay healthy um which he's shown you know he's he's had trouble doing in the past so Jonathan Taylor can go out there the guy rushed for 2,000 yards last season in college wow. um just had an incredible season the guy runs like a like a truck kind of reminds me of a poor man Saquon Barkley Okay. Um, you know that's that's kind of how I value him. I think he was underrated coming out of college. I think he was the top running back in that draft. That's my opinion. Um, I think he's gonna have a, a and running behind that O line. I mean, one of the top top five O lines in the NFL. You yeah. put this kid behind that O line, he is going to put up some huge numbers now he doesn't catch a lot of passes out of the backfield we've talked about that in the past but that's not because he can't it's just because that wasn't how he was utilized in college um you know he's shown he can catch the ball during his pro days and during the combine um so that doesn't scare me off uh nearly as much as you know somebody who just can't catch the ball Uh, yeah and then third up, I'm going to have Keyshawn Vaughn uh, with Tampa Bay. I think that this kid, if he gets on the field, he's going to show some people he should be the starting running back over Jones. Um, he's average draft position, 11th, 12th round. So this is a guy that you're looking to stash on your bench and hope for huge value and upside later on. Um, so so similar to like a uh, a Sanders from last year from the Eagles, this is a guy that you might not see production out of for maybe the first half of the season. Um you might start seeing some stuff like, you know, little games here and there. Um but he might be a guy that comes on late. Uh so that's somebody that I would I would say stash and he can end up being a sleeper um going average draft position again like I said 11th 12th round.
0: Yeah. Those deep uh deep bench leagues that might be a nice person to hit up that Yeah, absolutely. Perfect. Perfect. Uh not Two two rookies, two rookies on yours. Nice, nice. I'm I'm going with a, a rookie to start off with with Welles, uh <clears throat> Going with a Cam Acres uh, for the for the Rams. Uh, average draft position right now, RB twenty nine is is sixty seven. So that's kind of uh, mid mid of the the second or sixth round, excuse me. Now, the Rams with losing Todd Gurley, they don't have any proven backs now they don't have anyone there to kind of take over the reins that todd Gurley was able to do for a a few years for the rams out there and uh he's now just he he in my eyes is the most complete and most underrated running back uh, in the giraffe class uh he he's definitely adds A threat after the catch as well which Todd Gurley was targeted quite a bit with the Rams out of the passing game as well and just never really got off the field now I know they're kind of going to a running back by committee look Uh, word out of camp is that uh, Akers has done a really really good job in the virtual meetings and that they expect him to be able to contribute right away so I think that Cam Akers could could definitely surprise A lot of people and and could be this year's Josh Jacobs uh, type of type of running back where he's a great surprise and able to kind of shoot up the rankings uh, as well and again like I said the Rams love to run the ball and not with no proven running backs out there Cam Akers is gonna get a lot of looks out there uh, with the Rams my second sleeper is uh, Kareem Hunt now again this is another one where you may think man sleeper Kareem Hunt look what he's look what he's done he's got Nick Chubb ahead of him why why would you even draft well he's still considered RB26 and 63 for the average draft position which again is is right in that sixth ground. now the the thing that you got to love about Kareem Hunt is that now, out of the the last f- five games, Hunt actually had, or excuse me, last seven weeks, Hunt had more points in five of those last seven weeks of the season than Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb was doing good, but once Kareem Hunt came back from suspension, all of a sudden Hunt in those PPR leagues was just killing it and averaged six more points than Chubb did in those five out of those last seven weeks. So I think this year, I think Kareem Hunt is going to see a little bit more carries than he was actually seeing last year with Nick Chubb getting a lot of the goal line carries. I think Nick Chubb will still get a lot, the majority of the carries. But Kareem Hunt in seven games had 43 carries. I think that'll be closer, and they'll probably see, I'd say, double that, 80 carries, maybe even close to 100, uh, because I think Kareem Hunt, again... If he was on, he's got to be team, the number
1: one handcuff, right? He's, he's got to be the number be the one
0: num- number one handcuff, number Absolutely one handcuff in the down. NFL. If he was on any other team, we'd be talking about him being an RB one. Oh yeah, for... for
1: sure, super early in the draft, first three rounds, you know, for for certain. Um, would be someone that cream. But Kareem Hunt is super talented. He just messed up with with, with, with the incident that he had. Uh, you know, got shipped off to the Browns, where they had a running back in Chubb who kind of took off, and now they're in this dual running back committee situation. But Kareem Hunt is a stud, man.
0: Yeah, I I, I completely agree. And and again, they for some reason, I mean. He created a nice relationship with Baker Mayfield out of the backfield last year, and definitely added uh, a lot of yards. I mean, in seven seven games, he had 37 receptions, so quite a bit of receptions going in in just seven games. So, uh, my third third running back sleeper here is is Duke Johnson, who again could be considered another handcuff if if um david johnson uh, if johnson excuse me the other johnson uh <laughs> johnson d- and gets hurt. Johnson. johnson and johnson over here uh but his average position is rb 46 136 round so 13th that could, round. 13th 13th round to get a guy like duke johnson who is a really good ppr option he had 44 receptions for 410 yards in 2019 he had six point five yards per touch last year which finished him second among RBs, third in PPR points per touch in 2019 well one of the league's most talented pass catching running backs a lot of people don't know that he is a really good running back out of the backfield and for a PPR he can be another good handcuff for a lot of people if Johnson were to go down now again if he doesn't, I still think in a bye week type of situation, he could add some nice value as a flex in a bye week if you need a running back. Because again, overall, he is still a good PPR reception, getting four, 44 receptions last year, which could increase. So um, so those are, those are six RBs there. Now, those are yep. six different RBs as well. So that's six sleepers that you can definitely target in, in late drafts.
1: Yeah, Um... jot these people down because a tip I like to give a lot of my friends is. With our rankings or with your own rankings, if you're anything like us and, and we make our own rankings individually, um, when the draft comes around, as people are getting taken, scratch them off your list, L- literally scratch them off your list. So when the draft is playing out, some leagues you know, do 60 to 90 seconds per pick, you, know, you got to be on your toes and ready to go. So you don't want to be sitting there and not know who you have ranked where, um, especially when you get deep late in the draft like this and you're not sure who these sleepers are um so we just went over a bunch of good quarterbacks there a bunch of good running backs to be targeting as sleepers um so just make sure you guys are 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 jotting these down and remembering these picks
0: yeah absolutely absolutely and and before we jump into our our wide receivers let's uh let's take a little pause here and, and listen to our sponsored message
1: AirCare Heating and Cooling is your number one heating and cooling professional provider serving San Jose and the surrounding communities. The summer season is upon us, and AirCare Heating and Cooling is here to make sure that your cooling system is in tip-top shape for those hot summer days. Call now to have maintenance performed to ensure that your air conditioner will outlast the upcoming summer season. Call 408-809-7350 to book your maintenance appointment now. Or visit us at aircareheatandcool.com to book an appointment online. Aircare Heating and Cooling, where we care for your air. All right.
0: Thank you, Aircare Heating and Cooling, again for a nice sponsored message here. Now we're jumping in to our wide receiver sleepers. Now, again, A lot of these picks can be used for large bench leagues that can allow you to take a risk on a wide receiver like some of these guys in later rounds that can add really good value to your roster. And Bryduck, why don't you start us off here and, and jot down and tell us about your three wide receiver sleepers.
1: Yeah, so my three wide receiver sleepers starting off is going to be Emmanuel Sanders. So Emmanuel Sanders is a guy that I've had a lot of respect for since being with the Broncos. Obviously, as a Raiders fan, I've watched a lot of film on this guy a lot of games of Emmanuel Sanders playing Um, he's a stud and I think where he shines the most is now in the position that he is in as the wide receiver two on the Saints I think that that provides him more you know exposure and better opportunity being the number two than it does when he's he's the guy Um, yeah agreed you know, we've seen that in the past that he's he's a great number two, like probably one of the best in the, in the league at number two, um, other than maybe like a, a Godwin or somebody like that, you know. Um, but I think that if you look at last season and what he was able to do, even being traded kind of midway through the season, he still finished with 869 yards receiving. Um, he was still averaging 11.6 yards per game. He only had three drops all last year. Crazy. Crazy. Um, so he's, he's super reliable when you throw him the ball. He averages, you know, seven to eight targets a game. So in those PPR leagues, that's where you're going to get good value out of out of an Emmanuel Sanders is if he gets you eight catches a game and, you know, 60 plus yards, he's putting up phenomenal numbers for you, probably in your flex spot um, yeah. if you're starting an Emmanuel Sanders. Um, so his his average draft position right now, you're looking at getting an Emmanuel Sanders there in the in the 10th round um, yeah. he's, he's rated as the wide receiver 45 um, He's he's also going to have a huge upside because of the schedule that they have they have one of the easier schedules in the NFL coming up this year with the 24th hardest ranked schedule so he's going to oh, wow. be going up against some corners that are pretty terrible. Um, a a lot of defenses that are bad, a lot of teams that are just bad. Um, so if you look at that schedule, you know, obviously that division gets a lot tougher now. Um, so that's where I go back and say, yeah, this is based off of last year when the Buccaneers had (laughs) Winston and no Gronk and some of these things. So now that division gets a lot more tricky. You've got Teddy B out there. You've got Tom Brady, you've got Drew Brees, you've got Matt Ryan. I mean, That and the NFC West are two divisions I would not want to be a part of if I was a fan of a team. Um,
0: Yeah.
1: That's going to be tough, tough sledding for a lot of those guys. Um, Next up, next up, I got Sterling Shepard. I am a huge fan of Sterling Shepard. Huge fan problem is the guy cannot fucking stay healthy to save his life. I mean, he can't stay on the field. You can't rely on him. Last year, he only played nine games. So this is a guy that you're, you're drafting as somebody you're hoping is going to be healthy. And when he is, he's reliable. Um, he averages, uh, uh, uh Uh, 14.8 points per game he's rated as the wide receiver 41 Um, you could see him going as early as the 10th round probably as deep as probably the 12th round Um, so you know he's going to have some, some sleeper upside there drafting him that late in the draft. So again, this is a guy that you're probably going to draft, put him on your bench. Um, don't think much of him until, you know, he proves he can stay healthy or he starts putting up big numbers, but he's, yeah. he's, he's gotta be the best wide receiver on that team when he is on the field. Um, so he has yeah. the number one target out there. So, you know, like I said, huge upside if he can be on the field. Um, my last sleeper, and and some of you might laugh, uh, but and this is no bias, I promise. Henry Ruggs. I mean, if we just look at <laughs> wow. the Ra- if we look at the Raiders roster, and we look at Henry Ruggs, he is the number one wide receiver already as a rookie. You're going to have Tyrell Williams, who's going to be your number two, and you're going to have Hunter Renfro and maybe Lynn Bowden and Brian Edwards kind of vying for that that slot option and, and getting playing time out there. But he is going to be your number one. Now, Greg Olson, the offensive coordinator for the Las Vegas Raiders, just came out and said that not only are they going to be putting him in Z, not only are they going to be putting him in slot, he's talking. They might even be throwing some wildcat out there with rugs like he did in college. Jeez. So, okay. I mean, they're going to let this kid, he's going to be the, the you know, kind of the trickery plus the the burner downfield. Um, so, a lot of plays are going to be going through rugs. He's going to have a lot of opportunity. Um, and I just see tremendous upside with him as going as early in most average drafts the 13th round. The 13th round, you're going to get the number one wide right receiver for a team. I mean, crazy, crazy, crazy. I'm telling you, sleeper. Take it to the bank. If you can get this kid in the 13th round, you better click that button faster than, you know, you've ever clicked any any pick ever. Because I promise you he's going to have huge upside. Derek Carr has, has something to prove this year. And, you know, with them taking Henry Ruggs over Jerry Judy, they got to prove that that wasn't a mistake. Uh, I, I just I have a feeling that they're going to be trying to make a statement this year.
0: Uh, uh, all right thank god i i cracked open another one to listen to that bullshit with that hungry (laughs) rugs but oh man
1: uh, i better not see you i better not see you in the 12th round swoop them right before me
0: (laughs) (laughs) i might just do it just to piss you off but uh or again my wife might just do it she's she's taking darren waller uh she's, <laughs> she's looking at Hayden Hurst she's looking Josh at Jacobs. Josh Jacobs she wants everyone Bry wants that way she can just trade everything but uh <laughs> going into my wide receivers uh sleepers over here I as well have Emmanuel Sanders uh at at number one as my number one wide receiver sleeper uh I mean you you said it all I mean he is built to be a wide receiver too whenever he was successful with the Broncos he was, a lot of attention was taken to Demarius Thomas, the, the bigger wide receiver out of the bunch. And he was able to just kind of be that shifty wide receiver for a Peyton Manning. And just as soon as Demarius Thomas started to kind of decline and all of a sudden was gone and it was just Emmanuel Sanders, he he would be targeted seven to eight times, but may only catch the ball four times. So Yeah, and I didn't even talk but, about
1: him on the Steelers. He was the same out there. He was yeah. a great wide receiver too. Yeah, know? exactly. So, you know, With it,
0: Antonio Brown, he was he was a nice wide receiver. He's phenomenal. he's really good. Yes, absolutely. And he's again he's going into that same role at at New Orleans. When he went to SF, he was kind of looked as in the beginning as that wide receiver one. Then Debo Samuel started coming around, and uh, Emmanuel Sanders was just never really healthy last year. But being a, on the other side as Michael Thomas. You're gonna see some targets. The attention is not going to go to you. It's it's going to be all on Michael Thomas and Jared Cooks there as well. They definitely have some some people to take that attention away. So I just think Demarius Thompson Thomas or Sanders, excuse me, Emmanuel Sanders uh, will definitely see some some high volume and his his workout. I used to watch him post these workouts where he would take just a launching it would launch this football at him, and he would have to catch it one-handed while sitting down. It was like the old-school pitching machines that you saw when you were younger, and it would just shoot it at him. And after practice, he would go straight home, do that, and would see 500 per hand. So he definitely has a nice work ethic, Mm. and uh, that could accompany why he only had three drops. But uh, my wide receiver, too. Now, I also have a New York Giant. Uh, but I'm going a different route, and I'm going with Darius Slayton. As you went my, younger
1: and more reliable, smart. Uh, yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> younger and less injury-prone. Uh, with with uh, He actually tied the rookies last year with eight TDs. So he did have five drops, but he led the team in TDs. He was second in targets. Now, again, that's without Sterling Shepard for very much but he's listed as wide receiver 43 so i think a lot of people have sterling shop around 41 they have dairy slayton at 43 44 ish so i mean they're kind of the same thing it's kind, kind of, of hand in like, like, hand hand in what do hand you prefer? Could, who do you prefer it's a it's flip a coin uh, either way both are going to add if they can both stay healthy and if one were to go down the other value just skyrockets so, just another nice yep. handcuff handcuff to have, and I, I think Darius Slayton will and build off. And Giants offense. are going to be
1: playing from behind a lot. Yes, yes,
0: they will be playing from behind quite a bit in that in that division against Dallas and and everyone else. So, look to look to Darius having an, another good season out there with his second season with with New York, and my last sleeper is going to be. Michael Pittman with Indianapolis. Uh, I'm a big fan of, of Michael Pittman. I think he was a great I like pick. I like it. And I think he's just going to slide into being that Keenan Allen that Phillip Rivers is used to having. And again, he's not going to be taking a lot of attention away. T.Y. Hilton and Zach Pascal are, are very good wide receivers out there in, in Indy. So it's not like he's going to have to worry about facing the the number one corner on your roster to 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 take him down a little bit here but now the only thing that again scares me is is Michael Pittman going to be able to go into Indianapolis and be able to contribute week one with this whole virtuality uh thing and just who knows how much time him and Philip Rivers have been able to, to talk and get on the same page and no preseason are they going to be able to be on the same page week one but again Michael Pittman is a very big-bodied wide receiver that Phillip Rivers loves 6 224 definitely yep. has good hands as well he's very sure-handed out there so definitely someone to, to, to keep an eye out on. And I think is, is going to be a nice rookie wide receiver that this rookie wide receiver class is stacked. So it, it's stacked. It's, it's, there's going to be a lot of those and you're going to see those as well. And if if we de- just did rookie wide receivers episode on that, you guys would be able to hear just a lot of good stuff with this class coming in. It's just with the whole virtual thing, I think Braddock and myself, couldn't really risk putting too many on our wide receivers rankings as well as on our sleepers because it's just too unknown at this point
1: yep yep no i like it i like it um, Now, ju- uh
0: go going into our tight ends man Yeah, now, jumping
1: into our tight ends man i know foos has been salivating over there listening prior to this episode waiting for his tight ends
0: yeah yeah don't worry don't don't worry <laughs> we already discussed george kittle quite a bit I'm tired of the damn guy. I might just pick him just to piss off foos and and trade him for whoever he got. But uh, jumping into it to our tight ends here. Now, again, this is a is a nice position here that tends to produce a lot of sleepers every single year. You got Mark Andrews last year, Darren Waller, two huge sleeping tight ends last year that were just massive and finished in the in the top five. But to, to start us off, Bryduck, who is your number one tight end sleeper?
1: Yeah, so my number one tight end sleeper, which I am still picking my job off the floor after running a few mock drafts and seeing Hayden Hurst going with an average draft position of 12th to 13th round. Crazy. Insanity. Insanity. I mean, so... He, he takes over for Hooper in Atlanta, who Hooper finished last year as the sixth-ranked best tight end, and you're talking Hayden Hurst as a more athletic and younger carbon copy of Hooper. Um, I, I expect big things out of Hayden Hurst this season. Uh, I think that they are going to, um, be throwing a ton. They'll be playing from behind that division. Like I said, is going to be very tough. It's going to be very competitive. There's going to be a lot of opportunity for volume out there, um, with a lot of focus going on double covering Julio Jones. So Hayden Hurst is going to have a lot of opportunity and I see him having huge success right now. He's ranked, uh, tight end 10. And like I said, average draft position, 12th, 13th round. So you can go early in the draft with your wide receivers, your running backs and build tons of depth there. And then focus on your tight ends as late as somebody as a Hayden Hurst in the 12th round. I mean, your team would be stacked. If you get what I'm thinking, Hayden Hurst is going to be able to produce this year in the 12th, 13th round. If you address all running backs and wide receivers there before that. Now,
0: you had Darren Waller last year. Where did did you get him last year?
1: So I drafted Darren Waller my third to final pick because I've said it in the past. My strategy is I always take kicker and defense with my final two picks. I do not draft a kicker or a defense before the final two picks, no matter what. No matter what, those are your final two picks. Everything else is before that. Do not draft a kicker or a defense. And like the eighth round, I'm going to sit there laughing at you like, what an idiot. I'm taking this guy's money. (laughs) So do not do it. Don't uh, draft a a kicker or defense before the final two picks. But yeah, I, I took Darren Waller, third to final pick last year. Huge value, huge upside. I think in our league, we do 16 rounds. So it was probably like the 13th round last year when I got Darren Waller.
0: Perfect. Perfect. Who's your who's your tight end sleeper two?
1: Number two, um, not just a sleeper, but mostly a handcuff is going to be Dallas Goddard. Um, Dallas Goddard right now is tight end seventeen ranked uh, average draft position. You're seeing him around one forty four. Um, some as early as the eleventh round, but typically around one forty four, which is going to be your fourteenth round. Um, so you're seeing him going very going uh, super late into the draft and still as a as a backup last year, put up 600 yards receiving. Um, he was still averaging nearly 10 points per game as the backup tight end. Um, so huge value, had 87 targets last season. He's obviously a big instrumental piece of that offense. Um, they can run that two tight end set that we keep talking about with Ertz and Goddard. Um, so Goddard, huge upside and got to be one of the number one uh, tight end handcuffs in the league. And then lastly, um, I've got to pay some respect to Noah Fant. Uh, Noah Fant out there in Denver is somebody who I see uh, going into the season as somebody with breakout potential. Now, they go and get a Jerry Judy to pair with Sutton out there. Um, Then they go and get Melvin Gordon, and they've already got Lindsey in the backfield. And then you've got Noah Fant, who's an athletic freak out there at tight end. I I can see Noah Fant going upwards of 1,000 yards receiving this year. Wow. Uh, Drew... Drew Locke figuring out the offense. He he was starting to shine at the end of last year. He's got a ton of confidence. He's one of those guys that just breathes confidence into that offense. Um, so I, I really am a fan of what they've got going out there in Denver right now. And I think Noah Fant can can break out. He's ranked right now as the Titan 14, going as late as 11th rounds. Um, kind of starting to see him go as early as the 10th round. So, you know, that's somebody that you can... you can wait on and who i believe is is breakout potential
0: yeah there you go there you go Giving some love to the broncos over here i like it
1: you like that see see you didn't
0: have to crack a beer for that one no 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 i'm just sitting back i saw you enamored there just really into it (laughs) i was i was Uh, i i faded (laughs) off there when with henry ruggs but as soon as no fan my ears perked up uh Going it in, going into my tight end sleeper number one over here, I as well have, have Hayden Hurst. Again, just to see what Austin Hooper did with Matt Ryan and and to be able to see what Matt Ryan likes as his tight ends, now you're talking about getting a complete clone of Austin Hooper. Both sitting at 6'4", 245, good route runners, great hands, but... Austin Hooper, or excuse me, Hayden Hurst is more freakishly athletic than an Austin Hooper is. Had a ninety-point-seven true catch rate last year, so I think, I think Hayden Hurst is just gonna slide in to to that role. And he did, he did well. He still had three hundred and forty-nine yards re- receiving last year and thirty receptions last year, and that was again chilling with with Mark Andrews with Baltimore as well. So uh, I, I think Hayden Hurst going over to Atlanta, uh, I think he's going to be able to slide in and kind of just easily replace Austin Hooper out there. And I think I can't believe just the disrespect that they've given Hayden Hurst mm-hmm. with, with their rankings and uh, just a, a nice target to have late in, late in your draft and be able to stack your roster uh, ahead of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, going into to my second tight end sleeper here, I actually have a uh, Blake Jarwin with with Dallas. Uh, just being able to to see with just again the amount of talent that can spread around to to be able to have uh, Blake Jarwin and and no longer have uh, a, a a tight end ahead of him. Excuse me. Uh, and definitely tight end likes to to target their tight ends had a hundred and nineteen. Targets to, to Jason uh, Witten last year, since 2016, uh, not not counting 2018, uh, with where Dallas really just fluctuated with the tight end by com- committee. Uh, the tight ends have averaged 88 targets a season, uh, and so Blake Jarwin, being very athletic as well, uh, can be able to kind of take that. 88 uh, targets and and could actually make something out of it being as athletic as he is, and he should slide in to to easily be that tight end number one that uh, since Witten is no longer there and be able to see uh, decent volume. Now, obviously, I know with Amari Cooper, uh, you have Gallup, and now you have Ceedee Lamb uh, as well as Zeke out of the backfield. Uh, there's a lot and it's crowded out there, but I still think Blake Jarwin is athletic enough to. To be able to to see that in his average draft position is 167. So mm. another one that's considered almost undraftable that is going to be a, a free or a waiver wire that is going to be a tight end one in that system. So someone that, again, you can wait longer or your deep bench leagues could be able to, to slide in and, and be able to be happy with someone like Blake Jarwin. Uh, my tight end sleeper number three over here is uh, Jonah Smith from from Tennessee. Uh, we, we spoke about him a little bit uh, in in the tight end episode. Another one that's just average draft position is 153, which is, is kind of crazy. I mean, he's extremely athletic. He had 14 missed tackles uh, last year, which finished him third. The only two better ended up being Kelsey. And Kittle were the Kittle one, Kelsey two, Jonah Smith number three with most missed tackles. So he definitely has the athletic ability. Uh, He's he ranked eighth in yards per route last year uh, by tight ends uh, with at least 25 times. So uh, from week seven onward as well, Smith was on a 16 game pace for 46 receptions, 547 receiving yards, and five. Touchdowns. That's from week seven on. So if you add the the first six weeks ahead of that, or first eight weeks, excuse me, whatever, uh, you're you're looking at someone that could have easily finished in in that top 15 marker last year. Top could come close to top 10 last year as well, but for the reason of just finishing off strong, last three weeks. Fi- finished second in the team in yards with 152 receiving yards and TD's also finished second uh, on on the team in the in the last three weeks so I think he has that ability as well as that Tennessee is a very big play action team he can definitely provide that averaging 12.5 yards uh, per, per reception. So I think yeah, Ryan Smith, Tannehill
1: likes to check it down. You know, he, he's a, he he's a does. Che- he's a check down quarterback. So huge value having Ryan Tannehill as his quarterback also.
0: And being one average position of 153 in that 15th round. I mean, just again, three tight ends that we've t- discussed, five tight ends total between the two of us that you could pick in super late rounds to be able to stack your roster ahead of that
1: yeah yeah huge huge value for for most of not all of these sleepers Um, some could be sleepers that might start on your team most will be sleepers that might hit your bench and you kind of wait on to see a wait and see type thing to see if they end up kind of breaking out Um, but these are guys with huge high ceilings that we feel that you know not only because you can get them late they provide major upside
0: exactly Exactly. Now, that that was great breakdown, great analysis for for our positions, for our sleepers here. Now we're going to just do kind of a quick discussion uh, because I I, I know a lot of newbies are going to hear about positional runs and streaming positions and and shit can uh, kind of be overwhelming. And some of your most experienced players and some of my friends may not even know this topic and discuss this topic very much as well. But uh, can you give us a nice uh, explanation over here, Duck, of what a positional run is and, and how to handle it?
1: Yeah. So positional runs are when the draft starts or, or might, it could really be any round um, where you'll start to see a specific position running off the board every single pick. Uh, within that round. So in the first round, for instance, you might see a positional run on running backs, and you might see the first five or six picks being all running backs, and that yeah. might affect who you value at that spot when it comes to you. So sometimes you have to decide whether or not you wanna jump on that positional run train, or if you want to you know, exit left and stick to your strategy. So you really have to come up with what your strategy is before the draft. I can't stress that enough. Do mock drafts, do mock drafts, do mock drafts. It'll and you're show- going to hear us do, do a mock draft episode. You will. So
0: you can, you can hear how some of these positional runs are going with some random noobs that we'll be doing a mock draft with.
1: Yeah, and, and what you're going to see is when those positional runs start, you'll start to see other people jump on that train because they're like, shit all the tight ends are going right now and if i want to tight end i got to take them now within this positional run or else i'm going to wait too long and that guy that i value super high is not going to be there anymore so you're going to see that early with the running backs, then the wide receivers, then you're probably going to start to see tight ends, quarterbacks going. And yeah. that, that'll probably be the way that you'll see those positional runs play out. in most, if not all draft leagues is kind of running backs, wide receivers, quarterbacks, tight ends, um, yeah. within that first five, six rounds is, is going to be heavy in that. Um, so what we like to say is stick to your strategy and stick to what you want to do. Now, if you start seeing a run on a position that you know is getting thin real early, like a running back position, you might want to jump on that train quick. Where you might be able to wait is like positional runs on tight ends. You might start to see positional runs on tight ends as early as like, third, fourth, fifth rounds and let those guys, you know, reach for their tight ends early and focus on your running backs and wide receivers and wait on these sleepers that we just discussed in this episode. Yeah. You're going to get, Oh, you're going to have a way stronger roster if you follow that strategy than if you jump in early in those third, fourth, fifth rounds and start drafting tight ends. There's no reason exactly. to that. There's no reason to do that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so, no, no, great explanation. Uh, QBs as well. There's there's a lot of QBs. Yeah. QBs are deep as well. There's no reason to reach or freak out. Do yeah. not freak out and say, oh, shit, all these people are falling off the board. I don't know what to do. Stick to your guns and just be able to, to do it. Now, again, running backs we discussed. Most leagues are two running back leagues. A lot of people could have them as flex as well. So in, in your standard 10 to 12 leagues, that leaves t- 20 to 24 running backs so that's why Bryduck is saying that those position that position is a little thin because there's less running backs than there are wide receivers and when you look at a top 200 list that if you guys want we can send you ours over so you'll see 70 80 wide receivers in a top 200 whereas you're only going to see 35 or excuse me 40 to 45 running backs so uh, definitely stick to your guns Listen to our episodes. We got your back. Uh, another popular topic and something that Donovan McNoob's uh, don't really know about as well is, is streaming positions. Now, tight ends and defenses are, are big, big streaming positions that a lot of people discuss. Uh, what is stream a, a position, Bryduck? And why and w- why are you going to have to stream that position? Or why would you have to stream that position?
1: So tight ends, defense and kickers i feel like are probably the more the most streamed positions on your roster and reason being is those are typically positions that a lot of fantasy football players wait on in the draft and they don't get somebody who's super elite. So they do what we call streaming and they go by a week by week waiver wire basis. So this week, what I'll do is I'll look on the waiver wire and I'll play the matchup game. And what I'll do is I'll look at what their matchups are, who they're going up against. Does that defense let up a lot of points against tight ends? And I might go and swoop that guy up off the waiver wire and start him that week on my roster. And then after that week is over, I'm going to drop them and then the next week I'm going to do the exact same thing because the reason is, is I didn't draft anybody good enough. And now I've got to do this week to week waiver wire, you know, kind of limbo thing throughout the rest of the year. And it's totally doable. And I've done it pretty much every year I've ever been in fantasy with, with especially my defense and kickers, my defense and kickers. I typically drop and pick a new guy up every couple weeks especially if it's a bye week and you're in a short bench league i i don't have the room to roster my defense and my kicker when i have a bye week i'm gonna have to drop that defense and that kicker and pick up somebody entirely different because i'm not gonna roster on a short bench a defense and a kicker it's just not valuable enough you have other positions that carry way more value to your team So that that's kind of why you're going to want to stream stream players. Um, Also, sometimes you might have somebody super elite and they're either on a bye week or they have a really tough matchup and you're just like, I don't feel comfortable starting this person um, against a defense who is only letting up, you know, 60 yards receiving to wide receiver one. You know, if you're wide receiver one and their defense is only letting up 60 yards a week and you're looking at that matchup and you're like, I don't want to play this guy, you might go to the waiver wire and do what we're calling as streaming and look for a better opportunity or a better matchup out there on the waiver wire that you can pluck and, you know, start on your team for that one week.
0: Exactly, exactly. No no perfect explanation there. And I've had to do with tight ends as well with... I had Delaney Walker one year and he got hurt and then you're kind of just in the position where at that point a lot of tight ends are already taken so you're gonna have to stream that position for the rest of the year if that person's out for a long period of time it's it's again it's something that uh, is a nice strategy that people use and those are the three positions that uh, are typically the ones that uh, you want to stream but yeah, And, Another and, and good we're going to have, we're going to
1: have like waiver wire within our weekly episodes once the season starts. So we're going to go over some of those targets and some of those guys that you should be going for. So if you're like thinking like, oh shit, I don't want to have to do this during the year. I don't know what I'm going to be doing. Pay attention to our episodes, listen in, and we'll kind of go over our top waiver wire additions for the week.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and Bri, I, I just finished uh this this Shannon Brewing Company beer over here so i uh before I need to go crack another one hit us with those closing remarks
1: absolutely social media guys follow us on Instagram and YouTube at fantasy football BS on Twitter at fantasy FBBS anywhere where you listen to your podcasts you can find us at fantasy football BS we appreciate all the likes subscribes shares um, rate us ratings are huge anybody who ever listened to podcasts you have no idea how important ratings are so if you have not already and you've listened to a few of our episodes Episodes, please go over there, give an honest uh, feedback review on us, and, and give us a that five star uh, rating if you like what you're hearing. Um, also, uh, next episode, uh, make sure to tune in. We're going to be covering our mock draft. Uh, mock draft is going to be really fun. You're going to be able to kind of hear how it plays out and how we stick to our guns. You know, when the timers are on, um, you know, we can talk a lot of bullshit, but once that ticker starts going it makes things a little bit different so you'll be able to to watch and listen to us uh, do that mock draft and uh, thank you to our sponsors air care heating and cooling you can reach them at 408 809-7350 809 or visit them at aircareheatandcool.com serving uh, A, uh, HVAC uh, services out there in the uh, Bay Area so make sure you guys go go give them some love um, huge thanks to them for, for sponsoring all of our episodes. Um, that's going to wrap it up guys. Huge thanks to everybody thanks for listening. Peace out! Walking through San Jose on a sunny day Nothing you can say is gonna steer me away Hear
0: me when I say that I'm loving every second Work hard, play hard, learn to keep them separate Step into
1: my world and you're going for a ride Running all around like I'm moving with the tide Never gonna hide under play what I run